Welcome to Ben Worthy, the podcast, a special conversation series that provides a safe space for women of color to share their worthy aha moment. I'm your host, Dominique Clark. And sis, I'm here to remind you that you've been worthy. Okay, so Miss Wu, how are you doing today? I am blessed, highly favored. Yes, Lord. I am melanated, okay? okay. <laughs> I'm a queen. Okay. Listen, I'm all the I'm all the good things. Amen. Hallelujah. How are you? You know, I'm doing well. My spirit is good. Um, Jesus good. Is my homeboy, so I got him on my side. So can't lose. I'm, I'm in a winning season right now. <laughs> yes, God. Yes, Lord. Okay, now listen. Jesus rose on the third day month. But won't he? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I first came across you some years ago. You were doing a review for a Fenty bronzer or whatever. And I was like, who is Oh, this? Lord. <laughs> I remember that. I, that's remember when I was that? living in, in Flatbush. I was living in Flatbush on Nostrand Avenue. I was broke as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And I had did that review. And I, I then Fenty reposted it. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember those days. Yeah, it was and I, crazy. And I still get that excited. I still get that excited for the Fenty bomb. Rihanna really did that with that. She, she did, did a big one with that one. She did. Yeah. And you created an incredible viral video that I was like, who is this beautiful black queen <laughs> that is ridiculously hilarious that's got me running to the floor right now because I got to get this bomb? <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, I literally just got that Fenty bomb again the other day. Like, that is the one of the best highlighters ever created. But um, yeah, I like that video just explains my personality in a nutshell. Yeah. Just bursting of excitement. Bursting of excitement. And it literally shows all the facets of who you are. Yeah. Singing, comedian. I mean, yeah. you're hosting. Um, social media doesn't deserve you because the content production is top tier. <laughs> so, <laughs> how did you get here? How, how did we get to this level of Jesse Wu? Honestly, I feel like it started in that room on Notion Avenue. Yeah, I was a year into living in Brooklyn. I was a couple months into working a job. I had moved from Miami after finishing school and I lost my first job. And I was on my ass. And literally like the content that I was putting together, it just was like, something to pass the time, something to channel my frustrations into, you know, and it led me here. Like, honestly, around that time I was doing that content. And then like, I just stumbled across a job at BT. I was literally at a comedy show rehearsal. Someone had called me in to do stand up, and I, not, not knowing that there was a BT producer there by the name of Tanya Hoffler. And she said she was looking for on-screen talent. I was like, she's like, you know, I'm looking for someone who knows how to write, you know, story. I was like, I know how to write. I know how to write. Like, I have a whole master's degree in, you know, in mass communications. Like, I, I got it. Yeah. She's like, you know, someone who's not, someone who's comfortable being on camera. Yeah, I'm comfortable. I'm very comfortable with cameras. Like, I care. I love cameras. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I started working at BT, BT Breaks. And then I feel like that was like, where everything started for me everything started for me there and it's just been me just slow cooking and I feel like I'm still 
slowly cooking, even though now, like, to go from BT Bricks, now, like, I'm a main host on Dish Nation with Tamar Braxton and the Brad, you know. Um, I started guest hosting on, a lot of people don't realize this, but I started guest hosting on Dish Nation back in 2019. Mm -hmm. Just here and there, just sporadically, sometimes twice a year. So, you know, again, like, it's a slow roast for me. Yeah. But when things happen for me, people really have to go back and like, oh, she been she's she's been like doing this yeah yeah so it's it, for me it's like a slow cook but i'm getting there i'm getting there yeah well listen you're there okay yeah you, you are there and in the work that you do you mentioned dish nation uh bet the breaks you have to have a strong point of view right yeah when did you discover that when did you discover your voice and that you had something to say oh um well, I think my mom says I was always talkative. Yeah. And then I know like me when I became like cognitive of myself, I feel like it's, it was probably around like four or five. Yeah. I knew I wanted to talk. Like I knew I wanted to have a microphone in my hand. I knew I wanted to sing. My mom says I started singing at three. And for me, I remember started, I started to sing at 10. That's when I remember like realizing I could sing. But then also I was always that person who was going to be talking to my teddy bears, talking to my, my, you know, my dolls, like having full blown conversations. And I've always like been a content producer. I have so many old videos of me, like recording my siblings saying, say this, do this, do that. Like I always knew I wasn't going to be a nurse like all the other Haitian women in my family. I wasn't going to be cutting up nobody organs. <laughs> <laughs> be wiping nobody ass I okay be i'll be somewhere with a microphone i always knew that yeah so for me it was it was at a very young age and then i think the first time i realized that i had a voice and that people can try to shut that voice down though is like as a kid i did have someone in my family do something to me that was really bad and you know when you're a kid like you speak yeah. up and like, everybody's like, no, that didn't happen. You know, and I feel like from then on, I knew, oh no, like a lot of people, they feel stifled by that. Yeah. I think like there was something in me that was like, oh no, I gotta speak louder. I have to speak louder. I have to get louder. And I'm short, when people meet me, they're always like, you're so small, you're so petite, but you got this big personality. What the hell? <laughs> you know, I just like, I've always felt like I have to project yeah, You know, like, I'm going to make up for this small stature. I'm going to make up for, you know, the small body. And, you know, my voice is going to carry me over. So, yeah, I feel like that's when I really realized. At a young age, I knew I had a voice and I was going to use it. Yeah. Well, speaking of using your voice, you are one of the hosts of Madam Noor's Listen to Black Women. Listen to Black Women. Yes. We need to have a jingle. I need to ask Madam Noir people, y'all want a jingle? Okay, so what's the jingle, Jesse? Listen to Black Women. Maybe some harmonies on the side. Yeah. I can make that work. Yeah. Okay, make it work because I'd love to hear it. Yeah. I can make something fake. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> talk to me about the power with this show in mind, the power of a Black woman's perspective. Why is it important for everyone to hear what we have to say? I mean, because black women be right. Okay. All the time. Like, I'm just saying, it's like, 
black women, we be knowing what we talking about. Black women, cons- like, I feel like consistently as a black women, I'm always having to say, didn't I tell, didn't we tell y'all? Didn't black women tell y'all? Black women try to tell y'all, you know? And so I feel like that's kind of like the synopsis of the show. Yeah. Black women try to tell y'all, or black as black women, be trying to tell y'all, you know, and um, I think that it's a really, really good show because we talk about a lot of issues that black women face. Yeah. Uh, we talk about like the suppression of black women in so many different avenues of life. We talk about financial, um, uh, the, the the inequality in financial pay, or yeah. you know, we talk about different types of abuse that black women face and how black women are not heard until it's almost too late or maybe most of the time when it is too late you know we talk about different movements that black women really started and black women are the fuel behind certain movements and if it's not if we stop being the fuel behind these movements y'all ain't gonna be able to move nothing okay so like you know we talk about a lot of those things and um we have different perspectives and this season you get to see more women coming, uh, more men come into the mix and give their point of view. And which is always great uh, because we do want to hear both sides yeah. and we want to unify. Even if we, we, we disagree, we could disagree respectfully with, with the understanding of what the other side is saying. Yeah. So yeah, like there's a lot of power with listening to black women. There's so many things that are happening day to day in our society and black women are usually at the forefront of pushing movements, but also simultaneously we're at the forefront of being unheard, yeah. even though we're pushing the culture forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's why it's really necessary to listen to this show. I love it. And speaking of some of the topics that you brought up, who's been your favorite guest to explore some of these topics with that you've had on the show? Oh, Kevin. Definitely Kevin was my favorite. Kevin Antonio. He was definitely my favorite. You know, he gave a little Kevin Samuels. You like Kevin Samuels, <laughs> Julia, Julia, but not too much. Not too yeah. much. Okay. Um, but he was cool. I think that um, he had a lot of perspectives that we didn't necessarily agree on, but he was respectful. So I can always appreciate that. And I do look forward to having more men on. Um, to discuss a lot of different things. You know, Madame Noir and I won, they're cooking up a lot of content that is gonna address a lot of um, situations and issues that black women face. And we're looking for, I think as black women, we're looking for men to also speak up for us as yeah. black men. Cause it's like, we need black men. The, the moment black men, you know, coincide with what we're saying it kind of moves us forward even though as black women we still gonna push you know we still gonna push our movements regardless but there's power in both of us uniting being united front you know and i feel like the world listens even quicker when black when black men back up a black woman saying something yeah so are there conversations that you feel like we're not having that need to be had Yes. Okay. Yes. We didn't really talk about this with our guy guests, but you know, right now I've been, I've been reviewing love is blind and those videos are going up on YouTube. Like people are really watching a lot of them, but right now, you know, my latest video, we're talking about preferences 
and how it's okay for black men to have their preferences as long as your preference is not detrimental to black women. You can have your preferences. You can date outside. Just don't drag us in the process. Because when black women date outside, we're not talking about y'all to the men's. But for whatever reason, y'all be just dogging us out. It's like, don't have your preference, baby. You ain't got, you got to be me. I'm, 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 I'm down to the, I'm, I'm at brunch. Okay. With my friend. We are at brunch. Like, we are talking about what we doing. Like, it's summertime coming around, girl. What we doing? We losing the quick 15. You know, are we wearing braids? To the vacation or lace fronts? What are we doing? Meanwhile, y'all are over here with y'all microphones. Yes. And, and y'all are just like red pilling it up. It's just ridiculous. And I think like those are kind of like the conversations that we need to have. Also, you know, the fact that I feel that um, as Black women, yes, you know, we're strong everywhere else. But when we come home, we actually don't want to be strong. We are at, yes, I'm a boss babe at work. But when I get home, I actually don't want to be a boss, okay? Yeah. I actually want to relax. I actually want to relax. And my feminine, I want to be soft. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't always want to be, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like as I feel like that's a trope that Black women deal with a lot. It's like, just because you have a job, oh, she a strong Black woman? My God, like, relax. Relax. Just because I'm, I'm getting a check doesn't mean that I always want to be a strong black women's I actually do want to enjoy my softness and I want to you know let you lead as a man um so yeah I feel like those are some of the conversations we we probably didn't really have on listen to black women in yeah. that extent yeah. um and then also too like just I think another topic we could probably explore is um health issues that black women face and how black men can be supportive Ooh. you know like there's a lot of diseases out there that both sexes can have but it's really only detrimental to black women you know or even like black women post-pregnancy postpartum how as black men can you be supportive to us mm. you know just it's a lot of different things i think that for the next season we could definitely address now that we're having men come on yeah. um and that would be great yeah yeah as important as it is for others to listen to Black women, I also think it's important for us to have something substantial to say to ourselves, right? So what conversations are you having with yourself as you are elevating in your career, walking in bigger doors, and just kind of remaining open to receive in this season? It's so funny because at church yesterday, the preacher was saying, <laughs> uh, I went to a church, I'm on a church hunt, and I went to this church called Buckhead Church, and the preacher, he's white. And he was saying how he was leading his uh, teenage son's soccer game. And one of the one of the soccer players was so good. And the kids started saying, he's him. He's him. And he was like, you know, at first I didn't know that. You know, Black people, we were saying, yeah, I'm her. I'm him. You know, like, and he was like, that's a speech that we need to be having with ourselves. I am him. That, like, even when Moses was chosen, you know, to part the Red Sea, he didn't believe that he was him. Yeah. He didn't believe he was equipped to do what, you know, God has, had chosen him to do. And I feel like that sermon yesterday really emphasized that for me. I think a lot of times internally I have uh, imposter syndrome. You know, if I go out for something and I don't get it, I like beat myself up. You know, I, I do, I'm trying to be kinder to myself with my thoughts. Yeah. Just kinder to myself 
softer to myself. Okay, you didn't get this role. Okay, you didn't get this job. It doesn't mean you won't get the next one. And it doesn't mean that you're not doing well in all these other avenues. Look, look at all the other stuff you're doing. You know, so just being kinder to myself. And um, I'm someone who talks to myself all the time. If you were, if you were in my apartment, you would think I'm, I'm insane. <laughs> but I have full-on conversations with myself. And I'm learning to have better conversations yeah. with myself. And to encourage myself. And say, just, oh, you know what? You did that audition. It was good. It was good. It was great. Oh, look at that. That was great. Oh, look at when you hosted that. That was great. Just being kinder and nicer to myself because I am her. As the pastor was saying, I am her. Uh, And so, yeah, I feel like those are conversations that I have. I need to have more of with myself. Yeah. So what I love about watching your journey, Jesse, is that seeing you on platforms like Dish Nation and listen to Black women, you're having so much fun. Like, you're yourself, you're bringing mm-hmm. your full self, your authenticity to the table. And I think that's one of the reasons why we all have fallen in love with you. How have you maintained your authenticity and, and what grounds you in your work? Oh, I'm Haitian. I feel like when I say that, people are like, what does that mean? What does it mean? Like, I literally come from the bottom. Like, I don't, like, I didn't come from money. Mm-hmm. My family comes from a, a village in Haiti called Bonaive. Okay. which is a very important village because it's where Jean-Jacques Dessalines declared Haiti a free country. So it's known as like the free village. Um, but I come from a very hard working family of immigrants that came here and worked. And, you know, there are certain immigrants who don't get, who don't get started further in the swimming pool. Mm. And I think Haitian immigrants are very much that. I was raised in Miami where there's a dry foot, wet foot policy where you would literally see, you know, lighter skinned Hispanics come across, come and touch the border and they'd get to stay. Haitians would not get to stay. And so I feel like just things like that really keep me grounded in a sense that I am working. A lot of times I have to remind myself that, oh, they know me as Jesse. Like they know me as Jesse Wu, you know, but like when I'm with myself, I'm Jessica. Like I'm, I'm Jessica, like, you know, I'm just working and I'm doing things that I always ask God that I could do. I remember at my last job, I asked God, I just want to be able to make money off my talents. That was my last prayer at that job. And then I got fired and I was like, well, Lord, (laughs) I would have loved to have quit instead of getting fired. But okay, um, you know, and every day I'm just reminded that I get to wake up, I get to do what I love to do. Even on my bad days, yeah. I literally get to wake up and choose what talent I'm going to use for the day. That is not something that my family set up for me. Yeah. Nobody in my family knew how to help me do this. They look at me sometimes, they're like, how the hell do you do this? How do you do this? Yeah. You know, and so I cannot take it for granted it's not it's not lost on me that this is god's grace and so god's grace is always going to keep me grounded and then just being able to do stuff like pay my rent yeah like just small things like paying my bills and knowing that there was a time when i did not know where that was going to come from and my rent at the time was 400 and something dollars and i couldn't afford that and I was in an apartment with a whole bunch of other people in New York City. Okay. So again, those things will always keep me grounded. 
And if those things don't keep me grounded, my Haitian family would be, girl, uh-uh, 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 They not with the bougie stuff. Hey, 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 come down, come down, come down. Hey, 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 if I don't stay grounded, them Haitians will definitely keep me grounded. So it's a collective of things that keep me centered and keep me, like, respectfully myself. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, here at Been Worthy, one of the questions we ask all of the ladies um, is what is your worthy aha moment? And that is what we defined as that moment in life where you realize not only am I worthy of all the things that life and love have to offer, but I've been worthy and started moving accordingly. Sometimes that is one significant moment. Sometimes it's a series of events. But can you recall one of those moments for you in life? Damn, that is a good question. Uh, when did I realize I was worthy of doing what I'm doing? Yeah. Girl, that could make me cry. I don't think I've had that moment. And I, I, think I, I don't think I've had that moment. I feel like, again, I have a little bit of imposter syndrome and I'm always like chasing something. Yeah, so I don't know if I've had that moment. Maybe this is that moment. Maybe this maybe this is that moment to just remind me that I am worthy of what I'm doing and that I do belong here. I do often feel like I don't belong. I will say that. Like there's sometimes I'm in certain rooms, I'm like, do they know they invited me? Because <laughs> I'm I'm looking at other people and then sometimes like they'll look at me. Oh my gosh, like recently I had an interview and I interviewed Chloe Bailey for, for praises. For I praise saw that. that. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. And like, she's like, she's like, Jesse, I, I know you. I'm like, why the hell does she know me? He's like, you know, I have those moments. I was like, why do you know me? Okay. And then literally last night I went to go see her perform with Tamar Braxton. I went, I went into her, um, her, uh, her backstage and she's like, hi, Jesse. And I was like, <laughs> you know that Whitney meme? Yeah. <laughs> is there another Jesse? Like, literally, so I don't know if I've ever had that moment. I don't know if I've ever had that moment. Prayerfully, I will soon. Prayerfully, I will soon. But I, I don't think I've had that moment. Okay, well, I'm going to wrap things up with a very serious question. Um, and I'd like for you to set the record straight once and for all. Yes. Who does Celine DeLeon belong to? Girl! Oh, my God! <laughs> Listen, I just went to Jamaica for Jamaica Carnival with yeah. Ebony Magazine. Shout out to Ebony Magazine. Girl, them Jamaicans came up to me. They're like, Celine belongs to St. Mary's. Jamaicans <laughs> 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 was not having it. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> First of all, I love Jamaicans. I freaking love Jamaicans. I love, love, love Jamaicans. And I feel like being a Haitian, there's always like Haitian versus Jamaicans and all the Trinidad. But like, I'm like, I love Jamaicans. But baby, I was on their island and they told me straight up who Celine belonged to. However, however, okay. I did beat Usain Bolt in a game of rock, paper, scissors. So honestly, at this point, I think <laughs> belongs to Haiti, okay? Because okay. who who else is saying they beat an Olympian in rock, paper, scissors? Not it was the Haitian queen herself. Okay. So I take that as the opportunity to say, you know what? Until further notice, Celine belongs to Porter <laughs> Okay. Period. And that's that on that. And that's that on that. Well, that's thank that on you that. for setting the record straight. 
We love you and adore you over here at Benworthy Media. We are so excited for who you are and who God's going to continue to blossom you into over the next few years and beyond. Thank you for this time and sharing this space and Thank energy. You. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you, Dominique. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Yay! <laughs>